This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. And without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Okay, well, hello and welcome to the Behold podcast, everybody. You might hear some background noise because today, Dan and I are coming to you from the table, if you will. We're at a picnic table. We are podcasting from a picnic table like a bunch of pros. Professionals. Uh, yep, we're soaking in some of this, this brief sun before the rain rolls in this week. Um, we hope that wherever you're listening from, you are also enjoying just this brief window of good weather before we get dumped on for the next year, it feels like. And yet, there is much to rejoice for, right? That's right. Um, and Dan, you can share a little bit about something that happened last night. Because for today's podcast, um, you know, this is the last week of Luke, this coming Sunday before we break for our Easter teaching series. And so we just thought it'd be a good time to just take a break from the normal routine and just have a conversation about uh, worship and prayer and really just what it looks like to be a follower of Christ who is unashamed of what he's received and and desiring to share that in the world. So something pertaining to that happened last night, right? Dan, fill us in. Yeah. I mean, before we dive in, first of all, I just have to describe the scene a little bit. So we're usually when we're podcasting, we're we're separated by glass. I'm in the control room and Sean's in there with our guests. You know, he's the talent, really. Uh, And but here we're we're, I'm like about six inches away from his face and just staring longingly into his eyes. We're uh, we're both huddling around an iPad, taking this recording on a busy street nearby. It's good. It's a good scene. But um, a lot of you guys know we've been we've been uh, doing these abide worship nights. And the idea behind them is let's just gather our VBC people together in homes throughout the valley, just for the simple purpose of worshiping God and uh, going to him in prayer, seeking him, um, just soaking in his presence, encouraging each other with the word, um, you know, singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs. And it's uh, it, it's been so amazing. So we had one on Friday night in Livermore, Saturday night in Pleasanton, and then last night, Tuesday night in Danville. And each location there was about you know, anywhere from like, you know, 25 to 40 people and just kind of all crammed in like sardines into someone's <laughs> living room. And uh, it was just so cool, Sean, because <clears throat> what what we did was I basically sent out an email to all the, the Valley Bible worship people at the crossing. And I said, hey, here's where we're going to be. Show up, bring your instrument and we'll see what happens. Love it. And what what basically we the the, the thought process was behind it was let's have an opportunity for us to come together where there's there's very limited structure yeah um, <clears throat> there's an opportunity for people to um, to read it read out a scripture uh, in that corporate setting to to offer up a prayer to share a testimony to um, to, to sing out a new song or to to even request a song we had we had a request last night which was, wow. was kind of fun but <clears throat> and for basically two hours, which felt like a blink of an eye, right? Two hours just flew by. We just worshiped God and prayed and read scripture and took communion and just encouraged each other. And um, it was just a powerful, profound time. And, um, you know, it, uh, it just felt like heaven on earth. Love that. Yeah. 
So, and I know, Sean, you've been, you've been memorizing uh, a passage in the New Testament from Colossians. And I feel like a lot of what, what that passage has been talking about yeah. almost like f- fleshed out, you know, it was like a snapshot of it almost. The yeah, other night, so. absolutely. Yeah, we'll just put me on the, on the line here. Yeah. Uh, I just started, so I'll probably get pretty bad, but hey, we're, we're brothers and sisters doing this we're together, We're in process, right? baby. Dan, check me here. Okay. This is Colossians 3, 14 through 17. This is ESV. And above all these things, or just above all these? Just these. Above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. And be thankful. Oh, to which? Oh, to which indeed you were called in one body. That's important. And be thankful. Uh, let. Let the, the word of Christ dwell in your hearts richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. Singing. Singing. Uh, psalms or hymns? Psalms. Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Uh, what kind of a heart? S- with a thankful heart to... To God. To God. Is that it? With, heart to with God? thankfulness in your heart. There God. it is. With thankfulness in your heart to God. Uh, help me out. With and whatever word. you do. Oh, whatever you do in word or deed, uh, do in the name of our Lord Jesus. With gratitude or with thankfulness? Just giving it. Giving thanks. Giving thanks to uh, God the Father. Through him. Through him who is Jesus. You nailed it. There we go. So we're, we're getting there. Yeah. So anyways, in, in that scripture, I think it's a great snapshot, like Dan said, because you see some of these themes um, that I think are really essential when we're talking about things that are described as like, oh, powerful worship. What does that mean? And, and really, we want to be clear here. It's not a manifestation of the room, you know? It's not a manifestation of how great the musicians were. It's a reflection of what's happening in the hearts of those who are yeah, gathering, yeah, right? Yeah. And so you see in this section from Colossians, it's an instruction. Hey, when you gather together, this is what your, your attitude should be like. This is what some of the practical things that should happen are like, which right from the beginning, put on love. Mm-hmm. Put on love. If you're all walking in love, both the love of Christ and love for one another, it says it binds everything together in harmony. That's and cool. just some, some of the language that you described from yesterday and the other abides, it sounds like that's a word we could use is harmonious. There's a, no there's a sense of oneness in that worship, right? Well, and it's, it's cool too, because like, if you think about it in the negative sense, right? So like, let's say that group that gathered together, it was so cool because I was a little bit late. And I like, well, I'm like supposed to leave the thing, so I'm like walking in this house full of people, yeah. and I was like, hey, damn! But, but when you, but when I walk, I, I parked on the street, and I could hear the the wow. joyful, just uh, conversations and the laughter and just people welcoming each other. Like, I walked into such before anything started, before any kind of spiritual quote unquote activity started. There was such a spirit of unity and love in wow. there. I walked in and it was palpable. You I know love what I'm saying? That. So, so if if let's say the negative happened, let's say I walked in and there were people in there that were bitter with each other, or yeah. had had beef and an unresolved conflict, or you know this person's jealous of that person, or yeah. this person is uh, proud uh, and 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 being arrogant and lording it over this person, like all of the beautiful things that happened in the spirit last night. I don't know if they would have happened. Yeah, Do you know well, what I'm saying? Well, probably not, because the scripture seems to imply that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Even in this one, like, right. it's almost like this is the instruction manual for gathering together, and there's three requirements right in the beginning. The first one is to put on love, like we just said. Yeah. The second one is to let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. 
which again, I think a lot of us show up to our gatherings, whether it be on Sunday or whatever night, and that's not the case. Mm. The peace of Jesus is not ruling in our hearts. Instead, our work problems are ruling in our We're hearts. We're anxious, whatever. Our money yeah. problems, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so that's the second one, let the peace of Christ. And the third one is, and be thankful. Mm. It says, put on love, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart and be thankful. And then some commands for us. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts. And I just love your description of abide because it sounds like that's exactly what's happening. Right. It's not, hey, let's come and listen to someone talk for an hour. It's, right. hey, show up and, and, and we're just going to share what's on our hearts. Right. And people share scriptures from right. their hearts. Right. People sing songs to one another to encourage each other from their hearts. And from that, you get the fruit of all the things we're talking right. about, of just it feeling like heaven on earth, you know? Yeah. So anyways, all to say, one of the things I've been thinking about with Abide and just things like this that are um, kind of break from our normal mold and yet they seem to be powerful and effective times of worship, you know, is sometimes it's tempting to use language that's like, oh man, it was so powerful. You got to feel what it's like in that room, you mm-hmm. know, which is true to say, right, right, right. but I think you'd be, be misleading because again, what is so powerful about that? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not the space. It's not, it's not the, the, the person doing the mm-hmm. singing. What's so powerful is that this is a reflection of those of people coming together and having those things in their hearts be true, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then in that sense, I'm convicted, honestly, because we, we think of these things as if they're special and mm. abnormal and kind of an occasion, you know? But this should be normal every time we gather together. Yeah. Every Thursday, every Sunday, every, every Wednesday night. Every, every time every the time, people yeah. of God gather together, it should be a buy yeah. and like how you're describing a buy it should sound so normal to us. Yeah. And yet it sounds so different. And so one of my challenges for myself and people I'm speaking with is, hey, if, it, if that's the case for you, if if this description of a buy sounds foreign and uncomfortable, why is that? Yeah, you know? Yeah. And my suspicion is for a lot of them, if you look at those first three things, Love in your heart. The peace of Christ ruling over all things in your heart. Mm. Gratitude for God in your heart. Yeah. Usually one of those things is missing or at least yeah. being affected in some way. So yeah. that's a brief challenge to you guys as well. No, I think that's really good. And <clears throat> there's, I just want everyone to think about something that I think is just a human thing that that is also true when it comes to the church gathering together. Any group of people, two or three or you know, 10,000, any group of people has a, like a collective heart, you know, yeah. there, there's like a, there, you know, like anything, I mean, you could come home from, from work. Mob, mob mentality is a thing. Yeah. Good yeah. Or bad. Exactly. So you can come, but you can come home from work and instantly walk in the house and you can read the vibe or the heart of like what's yeah. happening in the family. You go to a party, you walk in, you're like, Oh, cool. Like this is, this is, there's a, there's a, there's an energy here and there's, yeah. there's joy here. Or you could walk into somewhere and you're like, oh man, like you could cut the tension with a knife in this, in this, yeah. in this boardroom, yeah. you know, like, so, so every time people gather together, there is, there's a, there's a, a collective heart. And so that's true for us when we gather together at the church, whether we're talking about Altamont campus, crossing campus, the gathering on Thursday nights, Wednesday night, high school, middle school ministry, any, your, 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 your VBC group, yeah. right? Every time you gather together, there's, there's a, there's a vibe, there's a spiritual kind of atmosphere, you know? And <clears throat> the cool thing about it is there's, there is so much instructions and almost like, like a recipe in, yeah. in the New Testament of like, hey, if you wanna create a, a, a gathering that has a collective heart that is hospitable 
to the presence of God. <laughs> here's what you do, right? Yeah. Because here's the thing, like we, we know that God's glory and presence fills the whole earth, right? right. But there, there are times and places and moments throughout history where we see God, his presence rests, yeah. you know? And um, thank God that we don't live in a time period where, where he chooses to just let his presence rest you know, in the tabernacle or in the temple or yeah. in some, we don't have to like get on a plane and, and fly somewhere. You know what I mean? Right. Like his presence will rest where he is welcome, yeah. where, 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 where people are coming together in unity with a heart that he honors and blesses. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so that's why I love the Colossians 3 thing because it's a great, it's a great, and there's a lot of verses like this, but it's, it's a great little gut check for us. Like when we're driving to church, <laughs> you know, like are we, are we preparing our hearts, all of us collectively, to to be uh, to be in an atmosphere where, where the spirit of God is welcome? Because when when there's this kind of participating with with God yeah. and what He wants to do, um, there's more there's a greater freedom for Him to do what He wants to do. Yeah, and I love that. And I have, t- I have two analogies for this this issue, you know, of God's presence in your heart. Yeah. And because it is, it can be confusing. Mm-hmm. Like God is omnipresent and right. we, we know his spirit dwells in all of us who trust his right. son, Jesus. And so that can be confusing with what do you mean? You know, yeah. but I think two, two things, because really when we're talking about God manifesting his spirit through us, there's kind of two forks for that or two sides of the fork. One is the, the, the purpose of that being to glorify him publicly. Yeah. And one is our own intimacy with him, mm-hmm. our own, our yeah, own closeness yeah. and desire with him, you know? And so two different analogies for those two different fronts. One of them is, and, and there's so much language in scripture about this, about us being ambassadors for Christ. Yeah. That's, his, that's, our, that's his purpose for us now is to, is to proclaim his excellencies, to, yeah. to show the world who he is, right? And so picture if you're an ambassador in some court somewhere for some king, you know, that ambassador is an ambassador for the king, period. Right, right. You can't change that if he's been named that. I mean, the king could, I guess, but yeah, yeah. picture this in this That's analogy. The That's, That's the rule. The rule. Yeah. So if he goes to some foreign court and just stands there, sure, he's an ambassador for King Dan and he's there, but the people in that room and the other king, they know nothing about Dan's mm-hmm. desires, his character, his will, because that ambassador is not doing his job. Yeah, yeah. If that ambassador does what the king tells him to and puts forth his will, describes his character, speaks on his behalf, speaks on his behalf yeah, to yeah. those around him, then yeah, that king's will is more present in that room because that ambassador did what they were tasked to do. That's so you know? good, yeah. So that's one side of it. The other side is, on, on our internal side, us and just our relationship with God is we have to remember it is a relationship, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think about, you know, for me, I'm, I'm married. So an easy one for me is my marriage. Yeah, yeah. If me and Patty are in the same room, we're together, right? right, right. But that is very different than, than saying, yes, I feel near to my wife right now, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm sure a lot of you who are in relationships or have been in relationships can identify like with what's that. the current state of your yeah. fellowship yeah it's, it's yeah, very yeah. different to just say oh we're together than to say no we are near to one another we're right connected now. we are Vibing. connected yeah. we are, there's a yeah. closeness there yeah, yeah. in that same way of course nothing can take that away if you've trusted Jesus the Holy Spirit is in your heart period but how, what is the closeness like between you and your Father in heaven? That's so good. And what is the nearness between you and your trusting of the Holy Spirit? Yeah, you know? yeah. How much are you beholding, like, like we would with our wives, Jesus in your life? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think a lot of us can understand that. It's not, it's not rocket science when we're talking about relationships. And we don't want to try to fit God into human molds. Mm-hmm. However, 
it is the the perfect relationship. Yeah. So much more glorious than any marriage we'll have or anything like that. And so that's the question I'd consider on that is just as we're talking about God's presence and, and him manifesting in our worship right. together is those two things. Is his our, glory. His glory. Are you concerned with his glory? Yeah, yeah. Like Dan said, are you showing up expecting to have to do something right. to help glorify God? Yeah, yeah. And man, are you digging into you just your nearness and your closeness yeah. to our Father? Yeah, yeah, that's so good. Well, and just a couple comments on that. So the um, the idea of, of us, you know, showing up and being being uh, participators, you know, in rather than consumers. We, we realize that, that the, the current reality that we live in at both of our campuses, but I think at the Crossing Campus more specifically because it's a little bit larger, yeah. is it's just, a, it's, it can be a little awkward or clunky. Like, you know, we're spread out. It's a big room. It's tough to hear each other. Uh, you know, you're, <clears throat> you're, you're, we're all facing forward as opposed to facing each other. We yeah. try to, we try to fix some of that by, by rounding the, the chairs so you can see people yeah. and all that stuff. But, you know, when, when you meet in a home with 40 people, um, these things, there's less barriers for these things to, to happen. And so, so I'll just tell you, like, uh, you know, Sean and I were talking offline, like, as, as the worship pastors at BBC, we're like, how can we, what, what are some steps we can do to help facilitate some of this stuff, um, you know, in our Sunday morning gathering? So, um, Stay tuned for that. We're, we're pending elder approval, um, but uh, but no, that, that's a really thing. I just want people to understand. We're we're we're, we're sympathetic to that. We're, yeah, we we understand that. Um, you know, the other thing that I liked what what you said about um, you know the the idea of our personal relationship, and we've talked about this a lot on the podcast. And really, it's where we get the word abide from. But if you look at John chapter fifteen and and even fourteen and sixteen on either side. So Jesus is teaching his disciples, um, you know, primarily about about the role that the Holy Spirit is going to play yeah. when he when he goes home to the Father, yeah. right? So, and and one of the core teachings that we see in those three chapters is is Jesus is telling us to abide in Him, and He's basically saying the Holy Spirit is going to facilitate that abiding. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit is going to come and take take all of the things that I've been teaching you and make them real to you. So you don't have to just know my teachings. You can experience my teachings. Mm. You can experience my love. You can experience um, my peace. And, and you can experience, um, you know, this, this obedience that, that I experience and this fellowship that I experience with the Father. Mm. You're going to experience that with me yeah. through the Spirit, through the workings of the Spirit. And just like that ambassador can participate with the King's plan or not, <laughs> We can participate with the Holy Spirit's plan or workings in us or not, you Amen. know? And so the, the greater degree to which we participate in that the great, is the greater degree that we're going to experience God's love and his power and, and his presence in our life. I was just talking to a brother who's been, who's been walking with the Lord for, for almost like, like his whole life. And I was just asking him the question. He's, he's in kind of a, a, a place right now where he is just kind of dry and numb and just he he knows all the Christian answers. Yeah. You know? He speaks the Christianese. Yeah, but but the experiential side, like I, I we were talking about the experiential knowledge of God's love. It's one thing to know that God loves you, but it's another thing to experience um, his love and have a have a working knowledge of that. 
And, you know, one of the things that we were talking about is, is this idea of abiding, just, um, you know, being, G- Jesus has done all the work through the cross. Um, and God, the Father, has poured his spirit into our hearts, <laughs> his love into our hearts through the spirit. All the groundwork has been laid <laughs> for us to be comfortable and at home with God. He's done all his business on his end to be at home with us. Yeah. We're the ones that need to change the way we think and change the way we experience that work, that yeah. work of him so that we can feel comfortable and at home with him. Love that. Too, you know? And then one, one, then I want to throw something out. So, Sean, I loved the, the conversation of, or the, you know, the analogy that scripture makes about ambassadors. Mm-hmm. I think another role that I want to get into that relates to this is the, the spiritual, scriptural role of a priest. Yeah. You know, because this, this really um, plays into this discussion as well. And if you know anything about biblical history, um, maybe Sean, I've been talking a long time. Why, why don't you give, give like a little, a little summary of like, what, 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 in the Old Testament, what was the role of the priest yeah. as it pertains to the people of God? Yeah, I mean, so again, some of you might know this already, and some of you maybe are newer to just the, the, the Christian walk. It's maybe less familiar, but... Um, and it kind of really points toward just the beauty of this access we have now in this new covenant life, because before Jesus came, before he died and, and rose again to establish this covenant, you know, the way that the, the Jewish faith was set up and ordained by God was that there, there was a priest. There was a priest who would go to a physical spot in order to communicate with God. And that priest would then speak to everyone else on behalf of God. And that was their role. And, and those who were not priests, who didn't go to that place, couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. To the point where even there's times in Jewish history where there's, you know, room buildings called t- tabernacles. Inside those tabernacles, there's a specific area curtained off called the Holies of Holies. And you see in scripture that people who, that were not worthy to go in there would be killed on the spot. They would just die because yeah. they couldn't handle the glory of God, right? So thank God that that's not the case now for right. us. Right. Uh, but anyways, that was the norm, was, was humans who loved God with all their hearts still were, were under the, the, the law of, we can't speak to God personally. Mm-hmm. The priest can do that, you yeah. know? And that's his job is to, to make God's will known to those people, right? Yeah, well, and not even just to speak to, but like also to the, to the, um, the rituals uh, and sacrifices of worship. Yeah, worship, the rituals uh, and petitioning for things. Atoning of, for sin, yep. everything. So, that, so the, the people had to, to be represented by exactly uh, a priest or or a, or a team of priests, they were, they were called Levites, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you see through God's history now in Christ, and there's a lot of scriptures about this with Christ, pretty, pretty directly speaking about mm-hmm. it, is that there there's one final day of atonement that happened with Jesus no, on the for, cross, on, yeah. on the cross on our behalf, and because of that, not only are we freed up from some of those restrictions. But then now there's places in scripture that maybe Dan, you can read one yeah. where it's not just, hey, I'm I'm getting away from all the old ways of needing that priesthood, but actually I'm establishing a new priesthood. Yeah. And and get your alarm bills ringing here because it's us. We are yeah. the priesthood now. Yeah. And all of those same roles, although they look differently and they manifest in different ways, all those same roles are still prescribed to us yeah. as priesthoods for God's kingdom. Yeah. So, Dan, we're going to dig into that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. So, and just one of the 
you mentioned the atoning, the, the final atonement for sin, past, present, and future, the finished work of Jesus on the cross was, uh, there, there was a physical representation, that, hey, that something new is going to happen. Uh, in the temple, when, when Jesus breathed his last, yep. the, the, the curtain, and this thing was like a thick, I mean, heavy, it wasn't just like, a, like some kind of drape. I mean, this thing was like yeah. thick, heavy, Weighs big. a thousand pounds, yeah. eight inches thick, like craziness. Right, and it separated that Holy of Holies where, where God's presence rested. It tore down the middle from top to bottom. A miraculous, physical, visual representation that God is has established a new covenant through Christ, and that as a as a consequence of that, now there's a, there's a new priesthood as well. Which now you know, whenever we sing lyrics about the veil being torn, yeah. it's not just this picture of oh the the veil's ripped. That's cool, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's communicating all of the truth behind that, yeah. all of the access we now have because of that moment. Right, and and an, uh, if you if you want to read too about um, just this this idea of. It's kind of a twofold new plan, right? It's it's now Jesus is our is our great high priest. And you can read about that all one that's one of the key themes in Hebrews is that Jesus had basically is replacing uh, the old covenant and an old old system of worship with something better. Right. <laughs> and and he is that thing that's better. So that's that's the first part of it. And the second part of it is now it, it's not just a, a tribe of people that are the priests, the Levites. Now, all of God's people are, are a royal, holy priesthood. Amen. And so that's um, where I think we come into to the passage that I've been just really wanting to bring into this conversation. That's First Peter chapter 2. And the, the context here, you know, is <clears throat> just instruction for, for the people of God. Uh, kind of like what you were saying about being ambassadors, right? Yeah. Like, hey, we're, we're living in this world and we are meant to be different. Yep. <laughs> we're meant to be not of this world. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. And what does that look like? How do we live uh, holy, blameless lives that point to the glory of God? How, and, and one of the ways Peter gets at that is he talks about this reality that we are, that God is building us into something and so I want to um, pick up in verse 4. So I don't have it memorized like Sean does, so I'll just read Neither it. Neither did I. So. Okay, so it says, As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. So it's talking about this, this coming to Jesus in faith and, and acknowledging that he is the, the chosen Messiah and that he is, he is precious in the sight of God the Father. So he says, as you do that, Here's what's happening. Verse five, you yourselves, you're being built up into something. Like, he says, like living stones, you're being built up as a spiritual house. Okay, so let's just think about that. So again, Sean did a great job of, of telling the history of, of you know, these physical spaces where the people of God would gather together for worship, for the atonement of sins, for um, festivals and feasts and, and rituals and rites and vows, all these things that happened, there were these physical houses, right? A tabernacle, a temple. Well, Jesus, or Peter is now telling us that, hey, this same idea of a house is gonna keep going in this new covenant worship, but it's not a physical house. Yeah. It's a spiritual house, and it's made up of the people who have put their faith in Jesus. It's made up of a royal priesthood. Mm -hmm. the, the second half of verse five. 
He says, you're being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. Why? So that you can offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And then we see um, <clears throat> this, this idea of Jesus being the cornerstone, being the, the first most important building block of that structure, of that spiritual house. So this, this stone that the builders rejected, Jesus has now become the most important piece of this spiritual house. And, and then in verse nine, he says, you are, hey, just, just so you know, <laughs> you're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. Why did he do that? That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And everybody all together said, amen. amen. Right? So, so just to, to kind of tie a bow on this, like, so you have these physical places throughout history where the, 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 the manifest presence of God rested. And it was like, hey, this is where you need to go if you want to worship God, if you want to see his glory, if you yeah. want to experience atonement for your sins, right? And and the whole uh, community, the whole nation oriented their whole society around those places, yeah. right? Well, now that place, quote unquote, is not a physical place. It's a spiritual house. And so when we gather together on Sunday mornings, when we gather together all throughout the week in our, in our various groups, we are basically, we are manifesting or becoming that an expression of that spiritual house and so when we do that the idea is like do we come in with the mindset that we're priests yeah you know what i mean that that we we have work to do we got work to do that we've got we've got vows to to perform that we've got um you know we've got offerings to bring you know and then sean i know you have some thoughts too like because because obviously it's important to think about that kind of um, specific expression, like when we gather together in, in God's name, unified by his spirit, you know, for, for worship, for edification, that kind of thing. But I know that you also know that it's not just about that specific thing, right? It's more of a holistic, like yeah. this, this idea of us being priests yeah. is, is not just about the gathering. It's more yeah. holistic. No, that's a great point. And it kind of pertains to just this, the context of First Peter because, you know, Peter's writing this letter to this, network of churches in modern day Turkey who, you know, he calls them exiles. They're being persecuted. Right. And so the aim of this letter is really this idea of living as holy people in the world, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. of not just, hey, you're a priest for your own benefit, but you're a priesthood now to give God glory. Mm-hmm. And here's some ways you do that. And so one of the things that I think about right now is just with this time of year, you know, we're heading into Easter season. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah, it's like Christian Christian Christmas, right? Mm-hmm. I guess Christmas is Christian Christmas, too. Christian, I like to think of it as a Super Bowl. Super Bowl, whatever you want to call it. Um, which, it's like, it's it, there's two sides of that coin. On one hand, as followers of Christ and as leaders in, the, in ministry, Dan and I and the rest of us, it's a great opportunity to have a little heart reset, right? Mm-hmm. It's an easy... Uh, time to to reconsider where you're at with your priorities, to consider what Christ came to accomplish, what he died for, you know, what we stand in now that he has risen, uh, what he's promised will happen when he comes back. 
it's a great time for that. And so if this is you needing a reset, it's a great time to do it. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, um, it, 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 part of me cringes when we say things like that. Like, oh, it's the Christian Super Bowl. Or with, <laughs> with Christmas, like, oh, it's, this is the season, you know? Because Christ didn't come and die to establish a month out of the year, you know, mm-hmm. for us to be looking to him. He didn't come to establish a month of the year where we're thanking God for sending him to the earth, you know? Um, The expectation is this is just our lives. This is just who we are as his people. And so with that said, absolutely. Easter's here, guys, is coming up. And a lot of these themes I'm thinking about a lot. Mm -hmm. Going back to the abide conversation, like, man, are we going to be showing up expecting to worship the living God? Mm -hmm. Are we inviting people into our lives in this coming month to, to have them hear what Christ came to do for them, you know? And those are all amazing things. However... For me, it, it's, it can be convicting of, man, is this just a special attitude I'm having in this season, an attitude of mm. prayer and worship, or is this just my life? Yeah. You know, because I, I think when Peter's writing this passage, even though he's writing this this whole letter that's aimed about, hey, be holy out in the world for, for their benefit so they can see God's glory, he says these statements like, hey, you're a chosen race. Yeah. You're a royal priesthood to proclaim his excellencies. And then he moves on. And, and part of me is like, man, for these people, they didn't even need to talk at length about how profound of a statement that was. Yeah. Because the idea of their lives being worshipped was normal to them. Yeah, yeah. And for us, it's not, unfortunately. Yeah, 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 at least not, not by the world standards. Yeah, yeah. And so for me, it's a good opportunity. Man, how... Kind of culturally. Yeah, yeah culturally, what are the things holding us back from kind of everything we've talked about today? You know, when it comes to our gatherings together and our worship, what is keeping us from coming expecting to do those things. Mm. You know, going back to those three things, when it comes to putting on love and the peace of Christ ruling our hearts, you know, and having grateful hearts, what are the things that are, that Satan is using to prevent us from having those things in our lives? Yeah. You know, when we gather together, what are the things holding us back from really desiring to admonish and encourage one another and sing songs together, you know, in gratitude together? What are the things holding us back? When we're out in the world, what are the things keeping us from from desiring to proclaim his excellencies as his priesthood in the world yeah. to give him glory, you know? And the, the short answer is Satan. <laughs> that, yeah. That's the thing keeping yeah, us. Right, right, but, but what that looks like for all of us is so different, you know? And, and Satan is really cunning in that way. Mm-hmm. Well, so, and too, like, you know, I, again, I love these two, like, positions or, 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 like, calls that we talked about, like, being an ambassador, being a priest. Those are... You, you know, I mean, depending on, on your your place in history or, or maybe your location, like, those are, like, heavy, weighty, serious calls, right? Yeah. Like, nobody who's, who is an ambassador or a priest just kind of does it every once in a while. Like, cause you you know, it's, it's, it's an all-encompassing, it's like, your life. it's something you think about all the time. Yeah. And so, so I think, like, for us, if, if... The, the more that we're engaged and participating with this reality that that's what God has called us to be, it doesn't matter if you're if you're a new believer. It doesn't matter if you're if you've been following Jesus. You know, you grew up in the church, or or it doesn't matter if you're young or old, or you are on staff at the church, or you're just you know yeah. a, a regular guy who works and whatever. Like you, that's who you are. You've been called to that, and the greater degree to which we participate in that. Um, you know, Monday through Saturday, <laughs> just in our, in how, when we go about our life and how we love people in our obedience to, to Christ and what we, what we do with our time and our money and 
just the entertainment choices we make and yeah. what we do on social media. Like the more that we're bought in and sold out for those roles, hey, I'm an ambassador, I'm a priest. During the week, the more um, profound and glorious and heavenly and joyful and convicting and powerful our, our gatherings will be when we meet on Sundays. Amen. Yeah, and again, like, I've spoken with many people in my role as a worship pastor at BBC from a variety of backgrounds and, and ages and different church histories, you know? Mm-hmm. And some of you listening are like, right on, man, I want that in my life. Yeah, you yeah. know, I, I can't wait to express my worship and do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And some of you listening may may feel like, you know, I'm good. Yeah, I, I worship God with my heart. I, yeah. I, I don't understand the call for that, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so I would just ask you to consider, you know, what do you in your heart of hearts really envision heaven being like? Mm, you know, when we're in yeah, Jesus' yeah. presence and we're, we're living with our eyes and not just by faith, what do you anticipate you, listener, your, your attitude being, your heart being, your posture being? Um, because, yeah, we're not in the finished heaven yet. Mm. However, like we talked about a lot today, we do have access to Christ. Mm-hmm. We do have access to our Father. We do have the Holy Spirit in, in our hearts. And so... You know, to me, there's an inconsistency sometimes. Is mm. if you would say to me, Sean, yeah, when I get to heaven, I'm gonna be praising God with all my heart mm. and falling on my face for all eternity and mm. encouraging my brothers and sisters yeah. and serving them. Yeah. And yet you're not doing that now in your life to yeah. any capacity. There's some kind of disconnect, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. with what you intellectually understand God desires from you, mm. but then what you are functionally are doing in your life, mm. you know? And so, and I think to be clear, I think all of us, can have that happen sooner or later in different seasons of life yeah, where yeah. where the, the expectation of heaven is not perfectly lining up with our actions because we're sinful humans and that's normal. Mm-hmm. Um, however, when that happens, we don't just say, okay, that's cool. No, we, we acknowledge it. We confess yeah. it and repent it through the Holy Spirit and we make changes to our life and really our hearts good. and our attitudes. Yeah. So, man, especially again, heading into Easter season, as we very focusedly as a church talk about what we've been risen to as God's people because mm-hmm. of Christ, you know, what are the things that are are not lining up for you in your own heart? You know, when you picture heaven, when you picture eternity, how is that different from your time of worship now? Yep. And why is that? No, it's great questions for us to to ponder. And, you know, just to, going back to abide and just a couple last thoughts for me. Just one of the things that we did, we had a time. <laughs> so we basically went for about two hours. And I, I, I think there's probably some people listening to me like, two hours? You just sat in a room and yeah. sang and worshiped and prayed for two hours? And, and I'm trying to tell you guys, it went by like that. I mean, it was like, I looked at the clock and I was like, it's nine o'clock. We, I was like, I feel like we just got started. I could've, we, we could have gone another hour. And yeah. I think most people in the room felt that way. And, and again, it's not, it wasn't anything special about that, that time and place. It was just the, the, the collective heart of that room and, and, and responding to, to, to the things that God responds to, you know? Um, but but we, we, one of the moments we had during those two hours was just an opportunity. I gave people an opportunity to um, just be quiet and still and reflect on, because we were singing about the kingship of Jesus in the world, how he reigns over everything we know. And I think a lot of times it's easy for us to, to think about that uh, and, and maybe live like that's true in like these big grand ways. But then personally, on a micro level in our hearts or in our lives, there's areas where we don't let Jesus be the king of those things. Do you know? Amen. Like we, we, it's like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to give him that 
thing, or I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hold this one area in darkness so that he he can't have it, you know. Yeah. And so functionally, we live like like we're the king, you know. Um, and so I said, let's just take a minute and just do some prayerful, introspective thought. And we and I and I, I encourage people, hey, echo the prayer that that David prays at the end of Psalm 139. Search me and know me, God. See if there's any offensive way in me, yeah. and lead me in the in the way everlasting. And it was really powerful, and I think a lot of people um, it resonated with a lot of people. And and so maybe maybe that's something that if you're like Sean was describing, you're like, ah, I'm good. All this stuff sounds cool, but like that's for like the super spiritual, you know, people at VBC. Like, and that's not who we are as a church. And and I'm not going after that. Blah blah blah. Maybe just spend some time this 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 day even just in some thought and some prayer and just allow God in and to search your heart and see if there's anything that you're you might be off in, you know? Amen. And and I'll just add to that, you know, a personal invitation for you to challenge me or Dan or any other leader here is we're talking about things like abide, we're talking about expectations around what you do on Sunday mornings. I want to be really clear. We're not asking you to get on board with our vision. You know, mm. we're not asking you to, to dig deeper into what we're trying to see happen. You know, mm. our understanding and our impression truly is that this is what God has called all of us to in His Word. All of this is pulled. This is what this is what people it should look like when the people of God gather together. Yeah. You know, and so if you disagree, please talk to us. Challenge us on that. We'd love to have a conversation with you because. We never want to be in that place where we're trying to add to the to the gospel. Where we're mm-hmm. trying to add to scripture. You know, we're simply encouraging and shepherding our brothers and sisters to do what we have seen God say to do in His Word. You know, so so with that said, I'm going to read one more time that that verse from Colossians or verses, and just listen for a second. And as we head into Easter season, ask yourself: Is this my heart? You know, are these my expectations to come and do these things when we gather together? Do I want to invite others in my life into into having this access, you know? And then hopefully, as you join us this Sunday for the last week of Luke, and then the next four Sundays for our Easter series, our time together is just is this reflection of that um, as we gather as his priesthood. Amen? That's so good. So here's Colossians 3 again, 14 through 17. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Mm. Man, y'all, catch you next week. Peace. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week. Online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week. Thank you.